Hello, and welcome to season three of The Table, Conversations on Youth Justice. We are happy to introduce another season of our podcast. We know we've been gone for a few months, so during this episode, we would like to give you an update on what MCYJ has been doing during this time, as well as get a legislative update from our policy director, Jen Peacock. But first, let me introduce Katie Martin, who will join me this season as we engage in more conversations around youth justice. Take it away, Katie. Thank you, Michaela. I am excited to be here and joining MCYJ. I started in June as the Projects and Events Coordinator after working in higher education for a number of years. Before that, I received my bachelor's and master's degree, uh, both in criminal justice from Eastern Michigan University. And diving into more juvenile justice-related news, MCYJ definitely has been busy the last few months with a number of accomplishments. Uh, Just this past October, MCYJ was honored to receive the Justice Warrior Award from Safe and Just Michigan. This award is given to an individual organization demonstrating extraordinary work during the course of the year to advance social justice reform in the state of Michigan. MCYJ also hosted, in partnership with the Student Advocacy Center of Michigan, the Creating Transformative Schools, a school justice conference that took place at the Sheraton Detroit Novi Hotel. This event brought together over 140 attendees from various backgrounds, from teachers, juvenile justice administrators, and social workers. Registrants were able to network and attend a variety of workshops, which included topics such as school safety, creating trauma-informed responses, conflict resolution, and preventing justice involvement. This was the first day-long conference created by MCYJ, and we look forward to many more in the future. We also would like to introduce new staff members. You have just met Katie Martin, who recently joined the team as the Project and Events Coordinator. We also welcome Danita Dorsey, Outreach and Advocacy Manager, to the team. Danita is a Michigan State University graduate with an extensive background in community organizing, workforce development, and youth advocacy. In her previous role as Program Director for Youth Development Corporation, Danita used a positive youth development framework to build and facilitate program curricula rooted in social justice. Now, speaking on legislation, the Bipartisan Juvenile Justice Reform Task Force, which was formed by Governor Whitmer and led by Lieutenant Governor Gilchrist, took a comprehensive look at the state system and released its report in July of 2022. There were 32 recommendations for improving Michigan's juvenile justice system within this report. This culminated into the creation of the Justice for Kids and Communities Bill, a comprehensive set of juvenile justice reforms that would transform the juvenile justice system. This bill package was recently signed into law uh, in December of 2023 and will take effect in October of 2024. The juvenile justice reforms from the bill package that passed include eliminating fines and fees, enhancing the child care fund, expanding the Diversion Act, revising considerations for waivers and designations, and expanding the Office of the Children Ombudsman. Although expanding the Michigan Indigenous Defense Commission did not pass through the Michigan legislature, MCYJ is still hopeful that legislation regarding juvenile legal defense will pass soon. Now, we will hear from MCYJ's policy director, Jen Peacock, on how the historic passage of new legislation in Michigan will affect juvenile justice in Michigan moving forward.
Hi, everyone. My name is Jen Peacock, and I serve as the policy director for the Michigan Center for Youth Justice. So the Justice for Kids and Communities Legislative Package was signed into law December of 2023. You can learn more details about the legislation by visiting our website at miyouthjustice.org. At MCYJ, we view this entire package as transformational, but for the sake of time, I'll be profiling a few key pieces of legislation, and then I'll kind of paint a picture of how we expect to see them really changing our JJ system. All of the bills I'm chatting about have effective dates of October 1st, 2024. The first change we'll talk about is reforming the Child Care Fund, which is our primary funding vehicle for JJ services. This legislation establishes a statewide minimum framework of juvenile justice system best practices. It raised the reimbursement rate for community-based care to 75%, requiring the adoption of evidence-based practices like risk screening, assessment, and detention screenings. Remember, it's historically been a 50-50 reimbursement rate for those community alternatives and things like detention. It also opens up the door for counties to use the child care fund dollars for things like pre-arrest diversion, effectively redirecting low-risk youth from the system. The funds can also be used for things like shelter and respite care, which is huge for our young people. The next legislation has been a longtime goal of MCYJ and many, many others, which is eliminating most juvenile court fines and fees. This includes things like DNA testing, residential placement, consent calendar costs, and late fees, among others. The legislation does not remove costs related to restitution and the Crime Victims Fund, but beginning October 1st, 2024, the courts will not collect the balance of any previously assessed fines or fees. I'd say another significant change would be expanding the Diversion Act and utilizing risk screening and mental health screening tools. The reforms aim to really broaden access to diversion, which again, it's, it's really just intended to be that lighter touch, uh, especially for low-risk youth based on assessment tools. The results of the screening tools will be used to better inform decision-making. And I'll add that the screening tool information and results can't be used in adjudicatory hearing or other court processes. Um, it also stipulates a max duration of three months for juvenile diversion agreements unless it's been determined that more time is needed to complete a specific treatment program. And finally, I'll highlight that there were additional risk and needs assessment legislation passed, as well as detention screening tools. So these bills are really ensuring that a trained individual conducts a risk and needs assessment before a disposition decision. The detention screening bill will better inform decision making regarding the placement of youth in secure detention. And at a big picture level, it still allows for local flexibility, right? The, the choice of evidence-based screening tools is really up to them so long as they meet their required standards. And a lot of these tools can actually be normed to the community itself, which is really exciting. Uh, now I just want to pause and sort of explore the anticipated impacts on our communities. We know that the Juvenile Justice Reform Task Force found that Michigan lacks an infrastructure to ensure that our low-risk youth are diverted from our JJ system. They also found that research-driven and developmentally appropriate practices were not consistently used across the state. At MCYJ, we know that youth come into contact with the system in very, very different ways. The lack of consistency can not only impact a young person's access to justice, 
but also what types of community-based services they have access to, the types of treatment programs they have access to, rehabilitative services um, they have access to really does widely vary. So with all this in mind, you can sort of view this legislation as building the floor for our juvenile justice system. This legislation builds a baseline for folks to continue to innovate off of, right? But it sets those clear standards so our kids and families have some consistency and better resources for those alternative to incarcerations that we know work really, really well. So this is all coming together in a very cool and exciting way. And by better investing in the child care fund, we not only just shifted to incentivizing community-based care, right, with that higher reimbursement rate, but we also set some serious standards in place with those evidence-based practices. We know that out-of-home placement, particularly for low-risk youth, can have detrimental impacts. When we fund successful intervention programs like those pre-arrest diversion programs, we can see a drop-off of those youth who end up deeper in the justice system. We know that it's a plus for not only our communities and families, but also public safety as a whole, right? Connecting kids to those programs that work benefit all of us. The elimination of fines and fees will truly reduce the amount of financial burdens uh, on our kids and families. Once in effect, they won't face uh, wage garnishments, tax return interception, uh, or harm to their credit. Legislation will allow youth to focus on the rehabilitation rather than mounting court debt, and I hope to see a stronger relationship within the court system um, with those folks who are really invested in the youth's success, because before, as a kind of tried to build the relationship with young people and families, often additional fees and fines were stacked on top of it. And now that kind of barrier has been removed. And that's a very exciting step forward. Finally, the work of expanding diversion and requiring various screening tools ensure youth have access to developmentally appropriate interventions. The three-month limit on diversion allows for predictability and stability in the juvenile justice system without compromising individualized care. The risk and mental health screenings enable a more individualized approach to each youth's case, taking into account their unique needs for a better long-term outcomes. Broadly, it's requiring more informed decision-making, allowing for interventions and support that can be tailored to each youth's specific context. Legislation promotes consistency in decision-making across different jurisdictions while still allowing for that local discretion and flexibility. When we support alternatives to detention, we can not only get better rehabilitative results in our youth who may be struggling, but we also have a much more cost-effective system. I hope we will see a reduction of inappropriate detention use with the use of these tools. The changes are real opportunities for listeners like you to advocate for stronger, more robust child care fund investments at the local level. You yourself can see an expanded continuum of care for young people in your backyard. There's more work to be done on our JJ system, and it's clear that there are so many stakeholders both in and outside of the court system who are really invested in building a better and more effective juvenile justice system. These bills are just the beginning of reimagining what it, the system itself could look like in the state of Michigan. I hope this like brief little summary got you excited and got you interested. Feel free to visit our website to learn more and access legislative breakdown materials so you can get the full picture of what these bills uh, really do for our communities. But as always, MCYJ deeply appreciates all of your support, especially folks who supported this package in particular. Uh, we deeply appreciate it. Thank you so much. We are excited to see how the juvenile justice system will be improved with these changes, specifically the experience 
expansion of diversion and reimbursement funds from the CCF or child care fund. In the new year, MCYG will continue to be committed to implementation of these changes to support youth and families across the state. There is no doubt that juvenile justice in the state of Michigan will be transformed by the passage of these new bills. We look forward to many more accomplishments in the coming year and stay tuned as we explore more topics in this season of The Table. For more information on the Michigan Center for Youth Justice, you can visit our website at www.miyouthjustice.org.